Hello and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. A very big royal week. Uh, we are going to discuss. Week. Yeah, we're going to discuss the new royal baby, which arrived on Monday of this week, and we have a lot to talk about. A lot to say about that. Also, our very own Josh DeBoff wrote an amazing feature for the new royal issue of Vanity Fair about Meghan Markle, her circle of friends. Um, it answered a lot of questions I had about how she jumped from Suits actress to future princess. So we will be dissecting that with a source uh, a little bit later. But first, let's talk about the royal baby. So the baby arrived, thankfully for all um, internet writers, on Monday morning, just when everyone was getting to work. I know, they really timed this perfectly. They timed it precisely for the news cycle or such, or so that people didn't have to work over the weekend. But it's a boy. Were you surprised, Julie? I was surprised. Um, I was thinking it was going to be a girl, a second girl. I was really anticipating George would be the only brother. What were you thinking? Did you have any prediction? Yeah, I wasn't, for some reason I had a hunch. I don't know why. You had a hunch it was a boy? Yeah, it, just, it sort of felt right to me. But I don't know why. I sort of just felt like the symmetry, the boy-girl-boy thing maybe. I have no, I don't know, I have no scientific rationale, just was a feeling. Right. Um, but I continue to always just be so surprised that my biggest takeaway, I think I had the same takeaway for three times now, that she comes out like five or six hours after giving birth looking more fresh-faced and chic and ready to go than I would for like a fancy formal occasion just after doing nothing all day. Like she, she always just immaculate. comes out looking immaculate and I'm like, you gave birth today. Right. And as far as I know, she just had a hairstylist go in. Did she did yeah, she have a whole she had, glam she squad? had I think she did have a stylist sort of with who was handling her wardrobe and then yeah, the hair person. But still, she was wearing heels when she came out. I don't know. I think if I gave you a stylist. Well, right, right. No, you're right. You're right. I, after you would think she would be medicated. Um it was a quick delivery from what we've read. Yeah, it was a quick delivery. I guess she's, you know, I, I was reading somewhere two things, I guess. One, that the media attention is so crazy at the actual hospital that I guess and like security concerns are so high that staying overnight actually is just like a nuisance for everybody that getting her back to the palace where she can be tended to there is easier for everybody. And... Also, I guess, I don't know why this is, but in the UK, apparently, it's just less of a thing after giving birth for moms to stay in the hospital for multiple nights. Apparently, like the the average stay is much shorter, but I have no idea why that is. Maybe it's just a UK cultural thing. Actually, I had a, a flashback here that really supports your point about how it is insane that she looks that good. Were you watching it all? So press set up outside St. Was it? Yes, St. Mary's Hospital. And they just had all of their cameras positioned towards that door at the Lindo Wing, waiting for Kate and William to make their appearance. And several, like, normal 
unroyal couples yes, came out yes, with their yes. newborn babies and the contrast between what they were wearing, how they were groomed versus Kate and William was very kind of terrifying. I did love though how those couples, I can't remember if it was BuzzFeed or a different outlet that ran those photos, but the the contrast between I don't know, I just like, I love that those couples took their moment to pose for the paparazzi. It was was very endearing and cute. Because they came out and they were just crushed by these flash bulbs. And I love that the dads just had like jeans, not even their best jeans and slouchy sweaters, no makeup, no blowout like Kate. So one of my favorite facts, and I feel like it probably is for you too, is that this was the heaviest baby born to an heir in a hundred years. but. It wasn't super, I mean, eight pounds, seven ounces is extremely normal and only, I think, an ounce or two more than George and Charlotte. Right. And what is it with these heiresses that they're only giving birth to smaller babies? I don't understand. But what a terrible rap. That's like the first thing you're known for. I mean, it's just funny that they're making such a big thing about the weight of the baby. I saw that in multiple places. But yeah, I agree. Um, also, like in a hundred years, I guess royal babies are apparently very svelte. Svelte babies. I did love that Kate was wearing this red Jenny Packham dress with a white Peter Pan collar, and everybody was comparing it to what Diana wore when mm. she left the hospital with Harry. And I didn't really think like, oh, maybe it was just a coincidence, but. When you compare the photos of Kate after she gave birth to George and Kate after she gave birth to this baby, like the first time Kate was wearing blue polka dots and Diana had worn green polka dots. So it is kind of sweet. Oh, that's really nice. I didn't realize that. I knew the most recent connection, but I didn't know that it went back that far. Right. And Diana had, she wore like some sort of red ensemble with a white shirt underneath. So it was kind of a sweet little homage. That's sweet. But we're glossing over my favorite point of the story, I think. What? Which Charlotte? was when, right, when William left the hospital to go pick up Charlotte and George. And we had woken up to this news, but it was, they had waited till George got back from school. So he came to the hospital in his full school uniform looking as though Josh and I probably would look if we were dragged somewhere immediately after work. He looked glum and like he was not having it. But Charlotte, as the world saw, kind of waved her way from the Navy Land Rover into the hospital. Josh, what did you make of this? What do you think William told them both in the car on the ride over that had them react so differently? So I love how William plays to the reporters, kind of. And he did this today as well. But I felt like it was interesting when he originally left the hospital. I think he said something like, back in a minute. Like, he's definitely playing to the press. Like, he knows the kind of... um, soap opera nature of how the royal family gets covered so everyone's obviously eating up every word he drops so everyone's like you know on edge waiting to see him come back with george and charlotte i feel as though it was interesting i was thinking the same thing i was wondering how he prepped them or prepped i don't know how much they were aware of what's going on but it was interesting to me that when charlotte was born George was much more playing to the cameras, looking back, waving. But this time he was no nonsense, as you pointed out. Like he just marched straight in there 
very serious expression on his face. Right. All business. I would say almost dour. Can't be bothered. Yeah. Meanwhile, I feel maybe he was, I kind of want to imagine he's wanted to give Charlotte her moment this time around. Like he had his fun with the hospital entrance walk. So this time it was Charlotte's chance to steal the spotlight, which she did adorably. But yeah, Charlotte was really, I feel like George had so many moments where I can't even think of all of them right now, but where he kind of won people over with his sort of adorable charm. But this was a really big Charlotte moment, I felt. She had the balloons and one of those tours. And now I feel like this wave was a really big Charlotte situation. She was great. I love it. Right, that she took advantage of that moment. She knew that this baby would be stealing headlines and this was her small window (laughs) to really make it count. She also, someone pointed out, I didn't really, were you looking at her? Someone said she was walking on tiptoes the whole time. Oh, I didn't know that. She was full on pageant, pageant walking in there. Also, I know George has that school uniform, but he needs, it's almost like an action figure. He's always wearing the exact same thing. At this point, it's, becoming almost comical to me he wears nothing else how many how many versions of those shorts do they have for him right and we never see pictures of the other kids in the class i assume they all wear that same thing right i guess i want to see george though just in you know a graphic tee and jeans i feel like he had wanted that he wanted to change maybe that's why he was in such a bad mood he didn't get to change yeah he's probably sick of the formal wear So, and we should point out, we still don't know the name. They're really building the suspense here. Though I should note that in both George and Charlotte's case, we found out two days after the birth, which would be Wednesday, which is today. today. So we might, by the time you're listening to this, the name might already be out there. Uh, But Julie, what, do you have any hunches? The favorites so far are... Arthur uh, and Philip and Albert. Which are kind of boring. I would love them to mix it up. I'd love to get a Josh in there. Josh Wales. I texted Megan to see if she could hook that up. I feel like Megan probably suggested like a hippie name or two. Right, like Raven. Yeah, what about, you know, Mason or something very trendy. And Kate just sort of had to nod her head. You know Megan has that calligraphy pen out and is (laughs) writing that card now. William's making lots of appearances, so no paternity leave going on here. But he gave a, he did an appearance today and he told some of the people that were assembled for this service. I guess one of them brought up the name Alexander. It's kind of hard to hear in the video. Um, And he sort of says cryptically, funny you should say that when they ask if the name is going to be Alexander, which would you read into that at all, Julie? Um, Alexander is George's middle name. So I feel like that would be kind of odd. Right. I don't, I think it would be something like Philip, right? In honor. I think Philip over Alexander, maybe Alexander makes its way in there, but that would be weird to repeat middle names. And then what I love and what I'm really hoping is the actual pick is then William brought up the name Jerry, which he called a strong name. So Prince Jerry. I love that. I mean, is that his sense of humor? Is that, I can't tell where that came from. Right. I think it's definitely a joke, but I kind of love it. I'm rooting for there to be just a rogue name for this, this prince. I feel as though you and me should just call 
I think he's just going to be Prince Jerry for us. Other exciting news. is it, Has it been confirmed that Pip is pregnant? No, but it seems to be most of the British tabloids, at least, are running it as right. if she is. They haven't officially confirmed it. And the paparazzi are obviously in full force trying to track her down around London. I feel like that would be good. T- I mean, I, I'm sure Kate would love that. I know. I mean, the timing would be good. She'd have all these cousins for the kid. Jerry would have a playmate. Yeah, Jerry would have a playmate. And then we don't really know yet if Megan and Harry have met the newborn. Right. But they have been really busy too. I kind of couldn't believe they did this, but Wednesday morning they did a, a service at dawn. So it was literally, I think, 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m., and Megan's showing up in full regalia. It was like to honor, I guess it was for this Anzac Day service of commemoration, which is for veterans of uh, Australia and New Zealand. So Megan and Harry have had a really busy itinerary recently. Right. Well, I just can't wait to see George and especially Charlotte, now that we know her star quality, how they're going to turn it up for the wedding itself. And there have been reports that I guess Harry and Meghan have told Kate that as long as she's there, she's they're happy. She doesn't need to do anything additional, have any formal role in the wedding itself. Oh, yeah. And also, what did you think of when William was leaving the hospital? He told the reporters assembled, now we have thrice the worry. Oh, I didn't even know about this tidbit. I thought that was kind of an interesting little joke. He's really hamming it up for the reporters lately, I feel. I know, I kind of love it. I love a little William off the cuff. Thrice the Worry. It sounds like that should be like a memoir title or something. Or at least the, the title of this episode. Five, yeah, exactly. Something like that. Oh, also, when William said, in good form, all parties involved are in good form. And he said sleeping is going reasonably well so far. So he's behaving himself, which is good. I love William's kind of wry way of answering all these questions. I know. What do you think? Do you think George is excited at all about Jerry, the new baby? I feel like he's not. I feel as though George and Jerry, there's going to be some really cute photos of George and Jerry. Right. I could see George being somewhat circumspect at first in relationship to jerry and then eventually taking to him right jerry's really gonna have to prove himself they're a good age difference too i feel like that's a good you know four years right right well let's talk about megan markle and josh's feature um we're gonna be tweeting out some of josh's he did some pr hits some like television show hits which i always love seeing him on the tv screen but so you wrote this piece about megan it really is a must read because you understand how she was able to kind of climb the social ladder from being a suits actress to being Prince Harry's future bride, I didn't realize there were all of these kind of stages in her ascent. Um, Josh, can you talk a little bit about that? Everyone you spoke to had had really interesting analysis, and nobody was saying that she was a social climber per se, but they were kind of alluding to the fact. Yeah, I think it was interesting. A lot of the people I talked to from the Toronto years when she was filming suits i guess i didn't even realize myself until i started working on this how much she was sort of on the scene um and i guess a lot of this had to do she was dating this guy Corey vitello 
who was this chef, who was this really well-connected chef, who, as, as one of the people I talked to, I think, put it, he bridged uptown and downtown Toronto. So he, he really had the whole city in the palm of his hand. And I guess when Megan started dating him in particular, he was super well-connected. She sort of started running with his crowd. It was interesting to hear from some of these reporters I talked to. One of them was at a dinner party that Corey arrived at with Megan. And I guess she was kind of really holding court, talking about time she spent in Buenos Aires. You know, she's obviously, as we know, uh, from monitoring her as closely as we do, that she's very skilled in kind of socializing and being, you know, at home at a party, meeting new people. Everyone seemed to say she was always very kind of comfortable in these different settings. She loved going to Soho House, uh, which is also kind of a very particular sort of social elite hangout spot. And we know about Marcus Anderson, who came up a lot, who was a consultant at Soho House who was also kind of a big reason she was able to kind of climb up the ladder, so to speak. Also, it was interesting, so many people pointed out to me, which I guess we both know just in covering her, but it, it just the fact that she ended up getting into this world. Into, if she had just kind of filmed suits and laid low and hadn't really made a lot of connections and done the social scene, she probably wouldn't have ended up with Harry. Right. Because I feel like she wouldn't have been on the radar of sort of Jessica Mulroney and Violet von Westenholtz and these kind of chic, fancy uh, socialite types, which ended up being what led her to Harry. So her kind of, I hesitate to call it moves, but her way of kind of handling herself in Toronto, I think is like a direct correlation to Harry, which I thought was interesting. Right. And I was blown away. I didn't realize because we always see the name Jessica Mulroney as being Megan's stylist. I didn't realize that she was part of a power couple in Toronto and kind of had her own celebrity in her own right. Yeah. Some of this got some of this got cut from the piece, but Jessica and Ben Mulroney were described as this super telegenic, almost Brad and Angelina style couple, but in Canada. But in Canada, they're huge deals. And Ben's dad was the former prime minister of Canada. He's a television presenter. She's this kind of consultant, speaker, uh, you know, stylist combo. And they're like BFFs with the Trudeaus. She definitely picked her crew wisely. And, you know, her connections in Toronto were, I guess, maybe, yeah, a little bit more society-ish than I sort of had thought. Um, and I also thought it was interesting. I talked to um, Lainey Gossip, Elaine, who was awesome. And she uh, was talking a lot about how this whole crew is just on lockdown. And we know this, you know, they don't talk to the press. And Misha Nonu, the stylist to, or sorry, designer who is also sort of part of this crew and Megan wore her shirt to the Invictus games. They wouldn't even talk about how sales were affected by Megan wearing her shirt. Like they wouldn't even go into that, you know, stuff that you might think, you know, stuff that didn't even have to do with her personal relationship with Megan. So they're all super careful. I think about in any way, jeopardizing a Elaine pointed out a, a wedding invite and B they don't need the money, which is kind of interesting because I was thinking about how we've obviously talked a lot about these people who have sold Megan out or sold stories or her, you know, previous friends and, you know, the uh, Samantha Markle and all of them. 
you know, these people don't have to do that because they already have a lot of money and status. So it is kind of interesting to think about that there's no reason for her to have to really not trust them. They're not, they're, they're very loyal. Did Lainey seem surprised by her engagement to Prince Harry? No, I think she seemed, so Lainey's based in Toronto and she said it was sort of became when Harry started visiting Toronto at the beginning of their relationship for these sort of covert weekends, it became clear that to her at least it was on that it just sort of felt different the level of you know I, and she had a funny way of putting it about the when, when harry wrote that letter uh you know when people were harassing megan and there was sort of racially charged sentiment and he was sort of speaking out i think laney said it was sort of a way of him putting like his Facebook status, like I'm in a relationship or something, like putting it out there in this sort of romantic gesture because, you know, he can't really do anything like that on social media. And I thought that was a funny way of thinking about it, that it was almost like his social media confirmation uh, of the relationship. Were there any other surprises? Well, I did love this. Made me think of you, which is that in when I interviewed uh, Janina Gavankar, who's on True Blood, or who was was on True Blood. She's been on a few other shows as well. Uh, who she said Megan was her first and oldest friend in LA, and I just thought it was funny. It reminded me of our in the limelight sessions because she was saying because I asked if she talks to Megan now because to me it's interesting to think about you know if this is your one of your BFFs and then now she's in this insane situation. How do you keep in touch or how do you talk to her? Or what are you allowed to do? So uh, Janina said that they have these FaceTime or Skype sessions like you and me have, Julie, and they call them State of the Unions, which might be how we have to rename this podcast. And she said they're full-bodied rundowns of all the moving parts in our lives, realizations and personal growth, priority organization, nudges on self-care, mostly her nudging me. I love that so much. We're renaming this. At least we're renaming our FaceTime series. <laughs> State yeah, of the Yeah, State of the Unions. I think that's what you and me basically do over text, G-chat, and phone calls all day. State of the Unions. But I love that it's so Megan to me to have a name for those, like, everyone does that. Basically, she's just saying... Like, we catch up on Skype, but I just love that they call it State of the Union. There's a formality to it. I don't know. I thought it was interesting, too, that some of these Hollywood people, like Abigail, Spencer, and Janina, are so... They always talk, and I guess I've seen this in other people who have... The few who have spoken about their friendships with her. It's always about Megan. I guess this tracks with everything we've always thought or known about her, but... um, it's always Megan curating their life or Megan giving them advice right. or Megan being their guru. Like people speak about her like she's a spiritual. Yes, it is. It's sort of like a Gwenethy thing. Um, the sort of spiritual, all knowing priestess who can just kind of give you whatever you need, you know, to heal what ails you. Um, it's just such a f- interesting framing for someone. It's like almost like she has this like otherworldly quality. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it's also interesting with the timeline of this piece. Were you, when were you reaching out in terms of had the wedding invitations gone out yet? Yeah, I know. That is interesting. I think I started reaching out before, but like Janina, for example, was after she would have known. I think I think we're going to see most of these people invited, I sort of think. 
I feel like the Abigail Spencers, the Janinas, I just don't think you talk about your friendship with reporters and go out there unless you sort of know you're going. I don't know. Right, right. Unless you, because then it's sort of funny when you're not there. I mean, also, someone, a colleague told us that one of the suits, I think, I can't remember if it's the showrunner, the producer has apparently been telling people he's going. Um, which makes me think that a lot of the suits cast might be there. And remember there was that report from a while ago that the Royal staff was having to watch suits so that they would be well versed in it for the arrival of all the suits people for the wedding. It's kind of crazy that all the suits cast would be at the wedding taking, you know, a cast photo at the wedding or something. My mind is blown. Right. Is there going to be a suits table at the reception? (laughs) And tonight, Julie, April 25th, is the season finale of Suits, a two-hour special in which Meghan Markle's character is getting married. Oh my gosh, are you going to watch it? I, I'm definitely DVRing it. My parents are very excited for it. I want Janet's full critique. Yeah, maybe we should actually have my mom at least Please. email a report for us, yes. if not call in to discuss. Happy birthday to Janet. Yes, happy birthday to patron saint our our megan our megan <laughs> yeah anyways so yeah chat you can check it out and see the web for yourself uh in this current issue of vf Woohoo. that's it for this week's episode of in the limelight thank you guys so much for listening and feel free to check us out on apple podcasts let us know what you think uh, any name predictions I just as we were recording saw that the name will not be released today so we have to wait at least another day oh I'm praying for Jerry Jerry or Josh I want a J yes hopefully also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at in the limelight you can also follow us individually I'm at Julie W Miller and I'm at Jay Duboff also on Instagram we are <laughs> in the limelight pod This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you next week. Until then, no no bad bad energy. energy.